Hey, welcome to episode 7 of the Hockey Free For All podcast, an extra episode this week. I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and this extra episode is due to the big trade happening between the Montreal Canadiens and the Calgary Flames, which has brought Senator Sean Monaghan to the Montreal Canadiens. Funny thing is, I actually talked about the acquisition of this particular player, but in a different context. Would have involved right-wing Brendan Gallagher as well as winger Mike Hoffman. My initial response was, what did Montreal send back in the other direction? It was really interesting to find out that that is nothing more than future considerations for this player, which makes it even a more interesting trade. And of course, the other question is, how was Montreal going to fit Sean Monaghan under the salary cap in which they only had $248,000 remaining under? That question has apparently been answered as Carey Price will not be playing in the upcoming season, according to Montreal management, which I'm sure is disappointing for a lot of people but can hardly be a surprise if it is a surprise it would be hard to believe that a lot of people have not kept on the edge of their memory his parting remarks at the last game after beating florida 10 to 2 to finish out last season with he kind of made it really clear with the statement of if this is my last game that i play i'm at peace with myself that was kind of a telling statement by a professional athlete. Professional athletes usually don't say comments like that a lot unless they have something in the back of their mind due to the way an injury is playing out, due to something going on in their personal life that they're kind of seeing things coming to a completion. Really, the only surprise was is the information wasn't released closer to maybe the start of training camp, but With his $10.5 million contract now on LTIR, that will certainly allow Montreal to not only acquire and work in Sean Monaghan's contract into the overall team cap, but also sign center Kirby Dock as well as goaltending prospect Caden Primo. Back to the trade, though. This is truly one of the most interesting compensation packages, though, because it's not just the fact that they acquired Monaghan. Calgary kind of sweetened the deal a little bit by throwing in a first-round and key-term conditional first-round because it could be Calgary's first-round pick in the 2024 entry draft, could be a Calgary or Florida pick in 2025 or 2026 in the first round of those drafts, which could also include things like second-round picks or other third-round picks, Depending on how it plays out, the order of finish of teams, where the picks are in the draft lineup itself as far as are in the bottom third, middle third, or top third, it brings a new meaning to conditional. It's quite the articulate description as to exactly which one of those first round picks they're going to get and what else may or may not be included with it. In any case, it certainly does continue to set up the Montreal Canadiens to have an unbelievable selection of draft assets clear through the 2025 draft with trades that they made. And although the comment in some reports were that there were no other trades imminent and things like that, if you look at the amount of players Montreal now has, not including any rookies, there's 16 forwards, 7 defensemen, there's a lot of players still. The big news now, of course, with Carey Price not playing next season is the goaltending issue. I think there's a good chance Jake Allen is still on the trade market, and that sounds insane with Carey Price not playing, but he's, again, a player that is relatively cheap to acquire and can net Montreal a high draft pick asset again. And I don't think Montreal seems opposed to trading that given their current situation and the fact that it's all about development. I don't think they're opposed to moving another goaltender. Now, does that make it very exciting to know that Sam Multimano might be your starting goaltender? 
could be interesting, but it certainly highlights another trade suggestion that I've made in the past where maybe somebody like a Joel Armia or a prospect like Cameron Hill or maybe a defensive option, maybe like Otto Leskinen might be moved to Vancouver for goaltender Michael DiPietro. Because, of course, putting Caden Primo in this particular situation would just be nothing but a career destroyer as he's not quite ready for that type of role on a team yet. Speaking of positions on the roster heading into next year, the obsession to obtain veterans for some reason or temporary fillers seems to be continuing to run an insane course. Now after the Jonathan Hubido, Pierre-Luc Dubois, now Anthony Beauvillier seems to be the next obsession that Montreal has to have. And there's been some really weird discussions as to how this player is a lot alike Arturi Lettinen. I'm not seeing that comparison even remotely in this player. Maybe I'm missing something. That's certainly a possibility. But I'm not seeing any kind of comparison between those two players. Not to mention the fact, again, Montreal does not need another $4 million plus, in this case $4.1 million contract, to add to their payroll. Now, arguments could be made for Monaghan's contract wasn't necessary. However, it solidifies the center ice position for now. Doesn't put any pressure on a young center to have to play full-time minutes. Was able to be acquired because of Carey Price's situation. And let's not forget the fact that netted Montreal another first-round draft pick for being willing to take on that contract, which is only a one-year contract. So it ends this year. Like many of their other players in the case of Evgeny Donatov, in the case of Jonathan Duran, in the case of Paul Byron. So there's a lot of cap reduction coming. And if you add up all those contracts I just mentioned, that's going to be $20 million plus right off the cap at the end of the year. However, although that's good news for the franchise, that does not mean in any way that people should start going, oh, great, the Canadians next year are going to be able to go wild in the free agency and they can spend the cap. They don't need those players. Montreal has an amazing talent pipeline right now for prospects. And not just for what was drafted this year in the 2022 draft, as we've already talked about in previous episodes, but what was drafted in 2021 and 2020. They literally have over a full roster of upcoming talent for that franchise right now. So where are you going to put them all? And that's a big question because all of these players, and I think any player in any organization, wants to be able to look and see a path from development to the AHL, from the AHL to the NHL, or directly from the juniors to the NHL, and want to know that there is a path for them to play, that there is a viable opportunity for them to gain a roster spot. Of course, with the caveat that they've earned that, but if they're a high-profile prospect, it's something that they should be able to expect that there would be room to play, or else why did the team draft that player? And with all of that said, this is another player that Montreal does not need. They're they're not in the need for a stopgap filler or veteran to show any ways. Montreal has plenty of veterans on the team. Take a look at the roster. It's not just me saying that. There's a lot of players that are still there. In addition to that, they have a lot of capable players. If they need somebody to kind of step in and fill in for a little bit and things like that, there are many players in the AHL in Laval right now that are very capable of doing that. They can hold spots, if you will. They can fill in spots. 
They can take top six positions, bottom six positions, defensive positions. Again, we've got all those players like Corey Sherman. They've, we've got Otto Leskinen. We've got Chris Weidman, David Savard. All those players are there. You've already got five players between Weidman, Schumann, Savard, Edmondson, okay? There's four right there on defense. You only got six spots. Nobody needs to go out and acquire anybody else. And I'm glad that the current Montreal management is not being influenced by a lot of the things being said out there because they have their own plan. And I think it's a very well-run, well-oiled plan, and I think they're going to play it right to the extent. And that's a really good thing because people have not only wanted to change for a long time, but people have wanted an outside of the box. They bring that. They're going to build from within. That's their plan. They're going to build through the draft. That's part of their plan. So those are all serious pluses that people have wanted for a very long time that they're going to hold to. It's funny, the pattern that I see with all these players that have to be signed by Montreal and need to be brought in by Montreal also very interestingly seem to be local province kids as well. Back to a statement that I have made in virtually every episode. I understand the local issue. I understand the provincial issue. I understand the languages. I understand the importance of the local culture and heritage. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not saying it's not important. However, a question has to be asked. Are you more concerned about provincial language and heritage? Or are you more concerned with winning a Stanley Cup and continuously winning the Stanley Cup and being a year after year after year contender? I would think that's definitely the business of the organization. I would think that's what the phenomenal and knowledgeable fans of Montreal would want to see is a return to out of every five years, at least four years, the Stanley Cup is in Montreal. Preferably five, but four will work. I would assume those are the kind of days that people want to see coming back. This makes no sense of having to go out and overpay players for non-hockey reasons. Once again, it's a different league these days. It is now a global sport. There is no preferential treatment or options given to any franchises, allowing them exclusivity to be able to draft out of a particular league or anything else. That dates all the way back to the John Ziegler days of the NHL when things like that happened. Okay, those, those days are gone. So I guess the million dollar question from this is, are people more obsessed with getting the likes of Pierre-Luc Dubois, Jonathan Huberdeau, Anthony Beauvillier to the Montreal roster? Or is everybody okay with the concept of the Montreal Canadiens have only won two Stanley Cups since the 1970s? Is everybody really okay with that? I, I would hazard a guess and be fairly comfortable and quick to say probably not. So I would think that the new management in place with the world-class development infrastructure being implemented that they're putting together, the like-minded new thought coaching staff that's already in place, there's a level of excellence and skill for a competitive roster moving forward that has not been seen in a long, long time. I would think that would be a lot more exciting and produce a lot more potential Stanley Cups than worrying about non-hockey-related issues. It seems like a lot of people just want to head into next season finding fault, thinking it's going to be really depressing. I think next season is going to be a very unique season. I think it's going to be a very exciting season for reasons that are normally not listed. I think the things that everybody has to be extremely excited about is not only the 2023 draft, but the 2023 trade deadline. 
I think Montreal has the potential of setting a record amount of trades from one franchise on that day that may not all take place on the trade deadline day. I think you could see from the time training camp is just about to end right through the first half of the year, I think you could see a lot of players. Potentially, you could see literally a trainload of players leaving Montreal. Not just in the contracts that are expiring for Evgeny Donatov, Jonathan Drouin, Paul Byron. All the players have to do, if Joel Armia, if Josh Anderson, if Christian Dvorak, if Mike Hoffman even look remotely good, you could see all of them added to that list of movement as well. So Montreal's draft capital or asset management could increase drastically. And regarding the 2023 draft, I think a lot of people are obsessed with Connor Bedard, and there is certainly a reason for that excitement. However, hopefully, as a lot of people this year thought the Canadians should have drafted Shane Wright, Montreal's going to draft who they feel best fits their organization and the system that they're creating and the style or the style and chemistry that they want to put together moving forward. Not to mention the fact I think Montreal has some significant competition coming this year in the forms of Chicago and Arizona, for sure. And there's some teams that could be a real surprise and have really bad seasons that aren't expected. So you might be drafting in that third, fourth, fifth, or maybe sixth, seventh, eighth spot. So names like Adam Fentilli from Michigan, the Czechoslovakian center, Delbert Dvorsky, is another one that you should look at, and not just Connor Bedard. I think those two centers have tremendous skill. In addition to that, Edward Sale, a right winger, again, out of Czechoslovakia. In addition to that, Charlie Strummel, a right wing out of Wisconsin, can play all three forward positions, has a lot of size as well. I think there's a lot of draft options. I know everybody's got their heart set on Connor Bedard, but again, there are things out of your control. Where is Montreal going to finish? Will Montreal luck out and, like Edmonton did previously, win multiple draft lotteries and things like that? To be determined. So it's going to be really interesting to see what Montreal does with their first selection and how close to the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 positions that that pick is as well as all the other picks that they're just literally stockpiling for not only this year's draft, but next year's and the following drafts after that. With that said, thanks for tuning into this additional episode this week. Again, that was because of a result of the trade with Calgary for Senator Sean Monaghan. And I am your host, Stephen Stiles, and we'll talk again soon when I return with Episode 8.